0: of the lpvo and it's shining light forward on that reticle and it hits that silver and it reflects back and scatters that light back towards my eyes voila red or green illumination depending on what color your ld led is but it's called the doublet because obviously <laughs> once you have this reticle done you want to protect it, it has to be absolutely clean because um, that's going to be in focus with your little fast-focus ocular, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's any specks, if there's any grease, dirt, a hair, yeah. you're going to see that, right? It's going to fail QC. Oh, there's a hair in this one. You know, goes in the trash can, right? So it has to be absolutely clean. So what they do is, while it's still in the clean room and absolutely perfect, they put another piece of glass on top of it, sandwich it, and then they glue all around the outside of that, epoxy mm-hmm. it. So it's it's a doublet. It's two pieces of glass. With the reticle. With the etched Yeah, reticle. The etched reticle in the middle okay. of it. And the whole thing is like, I mean, it's, it's like.
1: It's with you him. have taken. So. Yeah.
0: Kurt, I have seen him shoot.
1: Yeah. That boy yeah. can shoot. That boy can shoot. Yes,
0: he can. We,
1: a couple, what was it, a couple months ago, back this summer, he he messaged me. He's like, hey, do you like MMA? I'm like that's that's the right answer (laughs) depends why and he's like oh we got we got we got a table at this fight we got we know the guy who's fighting here in houston and there's just three of us going do you want to go i'm like yeah 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 and so me and ian went and like showed up and it was in like the nicest east side of houston neighborhood (laughs) i'm like all right cool Well, well looks like the the parking lot's nice and secure but that was a it was a fun time going in and watching the fight. I would lo- I would jump at the opportunity again to go watch another fight. So
0: in another life, years and years ago, I uh, I actually used to do photos of still photos. God, I like photography. Do a lot of photography. I did still photos of MMA fights that were sponsored by CMMG in Columbia, <laughs> Missouri, where nice. I went to law school. And uh, CMMG would sponsor these fights, and I'd climb up. They had like a little crow's nest up there, and I could climb up and I could shoot down. At the at the fighters and get still pictures of them, you know, like the the right hook with the yeah. sweat coming off the guy's face. That was like the goal was to get those cool action shots, and that was that was really cool. I mean, talk about an amazing seat, you know. But you've so, been around a,
1: a minute, haven't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this beard's white. <laughs> See,
1: you were. I don't think we were in Missouri at the same time. I was in Missouri. At um from 2010 to 2013.
0: That was right, right when I left. Right when you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I went to uh, went to college in the 90s. Graduated, uh, graduated college in 2000. Got out of law school in 03, and I did all my schooling in Missouri. Tried to be a lawyer. Had a wife. Had a whole life. Um, had a FFL and a SOT. I built machine guns. Did all that stuff. Built. I built probably 650 AKs in my life. Um, from parts kits when that was a thing. Yeah, before the dark ages, before <laughs> the barrel ban, you know, a more civilized era. Um, but but back when you could build, you know, we we could we could buy build a parts kit. You know, we could buy parts kits in bulk for ninety nine bucks. Yeah, put a thirty five dollar receiver on it and maybe $50 in U.S. parts and build a $400 AK back when you could get like a SAR one for 289 bucks. Well, so ours were premium. They were $400, yeah. you know, 450 bucks. You know, we could, you know, pocket, pocket 75 or a hundred dollars on each gun yeah. that we built. Well, okay. It sounds like small business to me. Yeah. You know, like
1: how, how yeah. much was a spam can on a 762?
0: Oh gosh. <laughs> I remember well, the one that I missed, the one that I missed really bad when I was in law school, I was I was shooting as you know that was one I really got into shooting was in law school as a stress reliever, and we used to go out just for the joy of rapid fire. We had FALs and G3s. It was battle rifles because a five five six a poodle shooter. What are you going to do with that son? You can't even go hunting with it. You know <laughs> that was we were all about the battle rifles back then, and we used to buy these uh, Portuguese seven six two NATO a thousand rounds was one hundred and forty bucks, <laughs> and we would take a two hundred round. Spam can of it, and we'd go through it in an afternoon. Two hundred rounds of yeah. seven six two NATO in an afternoon between two or three guys having a great time. Just pop, 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 pop. you know, we'd bring out old radios and computer monitors and stuff, and just demolish them and then yeah. sweep it all up. You know, um, just absolute redneckery. You know, and and now I look at the cost of seven six two NATO, and I'm like, man, like I haven't shot my FAL all year. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool. It's just sitting there in the closet. Uh, you know it's in the safe That's so happens, times man. times change
1: well we appreciate you coming up dude yeah appreciate it it's gonna be fun yeah yeah talk uh, talk about a little bit about everything yeah yeah
0: yeah I'm an open book you know how I am <laughs> yeah I, I love to love to talk with gun guys so
2: well on that note uh welcome this is the big Tech ordinance podcast I'm Mike we got Chris and today we're joined with michael from gideon optics uh and you do anything else on the side too that folks should know about?
0: <laughs> uh, my wife and I are teaching. We're starting to teach people. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, we've got a little website called thegunteachers.com. dot She's she's a retired school teacher, twenty eight years of of teaching high school kids, and so she actually is a really good instructor, and so she knows the teaching part really well, and then uh, has worked really hard. On getting her firearm skills up to her teaching skills, she took 126 uh, hours of of class this year. Wow! So she she actually beat me. She had 126 hours of of formal training uh, just this year, and, and most most of it in pistol. That's fantastic. So yeah, she That's she, she can flat out shoot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and
1: and just finished up some tongue. Tom Givens stuff,
0: right? That's right. Yeah. She was, she was a uh, top shot when we did range master nice. top shot test. She beat me out. I was third. Mirko oh, <laughs> right. was second. So, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Man. Yeah. She, it was, it was a good day. So yeah, she's uh, so we're trying to, we're trying to just teach people the right way from the start. There's so much need for it here in Houston. There's, oh, there's so many people that are looking for, looking for quality training. So we're trying to get that started up. But, but, um, that's mostly her with me sort of being in support and really Gideon when you're in startup mode, heh, you know how it is. I, when you're in startup mode, there's no such thing as like regular hours. You know, I did something the other night at like 9 PM. I had to, um, fix a UPC code and, you know, put it on the sticker that goes on the side of the box and get it sent off. And you know, nine, nine 30 at night. And I'm like in Photoshop, getting it all yeah. put together, <laughs> you know, yeah that's that's how it is when you're in startup oh it's yeah for, and I, I don't
1: 11. know if it does it ever stop oh yeah I think I we're, we're still we're still, a bit, we're
2: still in that phase, I guess
1: <laughs> but there uh, <laughs> month, yesterday morning I was sitting there and we were rolling rolling stuff you know black Friday so oh, it, yeah. this is this is we're recording this on Tuesday November 21st here and um I was literally up at like five o'clock in the morning which I'd slept in actually <laughs> I didn't get up at four. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I have a problem and there's nobody to fix it for the next three hours. So all I can do is like, look at this problem. Yeah. Cause I don't know. Like it was something I never encountered before yeah. and I just kind of had to roll with it and be like, okay, well, all right. Civilized people are going to be awake. Uh, thank goodness they're on the East coast time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Now that's when you learn to set up mental boundaries, you know, and you're like, okay, this is going to happen when it happens. It's going to be fixed when it's fixed. I can't do anything for 3 hours. Yeah. All right, I'm going to eat. I'm going to, you know, like do some dishes. I'm going to play an hour of Mech Warrior, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> Star Wars or whatever, and I'm going to relax and chill and then you know, then you then you click back in. You find a way. You you either find a way to balance it out or you're like me and you take blood pressure meds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> at least at least you're not pounding a monster.
0: Right? Yeah. Whew. Yeah, I uh, I I used to tell people I run on caffeine and hatred and they all thought it was a joke and now I've been in therapy for a couple years and I'm running out of hatred, so I got I got to use more caffeine. <laughs> Good for you.
1: So so tell everybody a little bit about Michael and what you've done. First of all, Mike or Michael, hey, either way. Okay, I'm not picking. So about it. so we've already talked about a little bit about your background in in firearms in Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> and building AKs and stuff. How did you trans transfer that or transfer from that type to how you got into the firearms industry.
3: Hi, I'm Chris from Big Tech's Ordnance, and I'm Ian from Big Tech's Ordnance. <laughs> <laughs> and today we've got the weekly update. So, first
1: off, from Voltor is the classic Myrrh upper receivers, right? So, we've got them in foliage green, black standard black those are my picks what do you got over there
3: um for Boomer. all for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there we've started carrying some some sapphire land comp 3 and comp 2 speed loaders for j frames and k frames so if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um revolver needs we got some uh we have the new Streamlight wedge xt also these come in black and FDE. great little task light you know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I yep. have to reference the price point on USB those. USB-C rechargeable and it has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so option. Looks great. Coming
1: up, there's a bunch of classes. We've got Paradox training. Oh, I'll be Across yeah, the, the street the, at, the at the range. range. Uh, doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. Anyway, lots of train events coming up. We just also posted the Sons of Liberty. Oh yeah, the armors armors class. class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got lucky. Also, I wouldn't take no for an answer. Which uh, is, I'm pretty stubborn that way. So uh, when I was lawyering, I I hated lawyering. Um, and I've told so many people, don't go to law school. It's not worth it. You know? And then they never listen to me. And then they go to law school, and they owe $100,000 in student loans. And they're like, this sucks. I'm, I told your ass like I, I told you. Um, but I, I enjoyed the side business, the side hustle guns, gun store, and the building of AKs and the smithing on 1911. I enjoyed that so much more than I enjoyed People fighting over their kids and divorcing and bankruptcies and all of the, you know, traffic court and tickets and all the stuff that a lawyer has to deal with. You know, you're – when you're lawyering, you're dealing with people at their worst, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really – the being an attorney just really ripped my guts out. And, um, you know, I still have damage today from that. I have, like, various amounts of it, – it changed my worldview in unhealthy ways, you know. So – I thought I really want to do the firearms thing a lot more. Like it's, it, it really, it really hooked into me. It really, it's who I am right down to my core, which we can, we can talk about. I want to get into the firearms industry. So I had a really hard time. I was out of work after I, after I, and in 2010, I just blew up my life. I divorced my wife, shut down my side business, shut down my law firm, packed everything I owned into a little SUV and left. And it was like, I'm just going to go out into the West and seek my fortune. You know, like, what am I, what am I going to do? And lots of people wouldn't take me seriously because they thought, well, this guy's just mad about things right now. He's eventually going to want to go back to being a lawyer. Um, so he's, you know, they, I had a hard time convincing people. I really wanted to change careers. Right. I was out of work for like nine months. And then, um, honestly, cheaper than dirt is the guys who gave me my first shot. (laughs) Um, a guy that I'm still friends with and respect very much, Andrew Sipian, who runs his own. Uh, anyway, he's 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 a fantastic guy. I worked for him at CTD, um, and I think it's a testament to his character that he fired me, and we're still friends. <laughs> 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 he had to fire me. I gave him reason, but we're still buddies. Oh, uh, all these years later, right? Um, so, so I worked at CTD and I learned about marketing. I learned about how things really work, and I and I learned kind of the, I, that was my first chance of really seeing how seeing how the sausage was made. Mm-hmm. And um, after CTD, I, I bounced around a lot, man. I've 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 had adventures. I I gunsmithed in Colorado for a while. That was really cool for a while, um, but I wasn't making any money at it. So I went to the oil field and I was a, a measurement while drilling. Operator for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and that was really good money. But you were never home. But I didn't have a family, uh, so yeah. it didn't it didn't bother me to be home five days a month. Um, so you know, I've uh, and then uh, I've sold Harley Davidson motorcycles. I was a Harley salesman. You know, I've done all kinds of weird stuff. And then I uh, I wound up wound up going to Primary Arms in mm-hmm. 2015, and uh, worked with Marshall at PA, and still have friends there. Um, they have grown so much Massive. since I first started there. They were in little warehouses. They weren't in the big building that they are now. They're in little warehouses and they kept having to rent out more warehouse space. And and um, I was there when they transitioned over to the building they're in now, which is like the Taj Mahal compared to where they were before. And and even since then, like they're doing so many things right. Um, you really have to take PA seriously. They're, their stuff is just Phenomenal. I know some of the people that work there, and they they do a phenomenal job. So awesome hat tip to PA, and I learned a lot there. Um, parted ways with them in 2019 and was Swamp Fox Mike from 2019 until uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was really cool. I was in on the ground level. It was something that was just getting started, and that was really my... Really, when I got to be the guy that I wanted to be, I really enjoyed being Swamp Fox Mike. I really enjoyed the research and development of it and and configuring the optics and having a say. Like, I can point at something in all of these different Swamp Fox scopes and say, that was my idea. I did that. The, that throw lever on the arrowhead, yeah. that was me. I said we should have four little screws and make it a sacrificial piece. So if you drop the arrowhead, you just break the throw lever instead of having it like break the actual scope. Yeah. So then we just send a guy another th- throw lever. And he thinks we have great customer service because we sent him like a $13 throw lever instead of having an RMA, a $650 <laughs> scope because we we had this overbuilt throw lever and it goes right through the magnification ring and, and, and blows your scope yeah. right. It's like, there's all these cool little stories I can tell about, oh, I had this idea, I had that idea. And I love that. Um, and I really had a great time there. And Swamp Fox is still like, they're still, it's like, it's like having a kid and you raise this kid and then they, Eventually, they move out, and they go to college and stuff, and you're like, I spent the best years of my life with you, you know. Um, But they wanted me to move to Denver last year. I got a call from the boss, and he's like, hey, look, COVID's over. We're not doing this quarantine work-from-home thing anymore. The company's getting bigger. It's getting more unwieldy and hard to manage, which I respect. He wasn't wrong about that um and he's like this remote work thing I just I I don't want to manage it anymore I want everybody to move to Denver everybody needs to come to Denver come together and we'll be all under one room all under one one roof and and you know that's what we're going to do and I was like no, <laughs> because I had met this girl in Houston and married her <laughs> That same year, last year, we were married last February, and she's got a couple kids from a previous marriage, and they're doing great here in Houston. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't uproot these kids. Um you know, one of them just made jazz band and he plays three instruments in jazz band and he's getting great grades. He's probably going to go to college and, and, you know, he's all about his jazz friends and, and uh, the daughter is in community college already and she's working really hard, but she's saving up a bunch of money cause she lives at home and commutes to class. Yep. And I'm like, I can't rip up these kids yeah. and take them to like Stonerville USA where all the kids are stoners cause all their parents move there cause they're stoners. And half of my Guns are technically illegal because my magazines hold more than 10 or 15 rounds. But don't worry. The local sheriff isn't enforcing the law, so I still have my freedoms. Uh, uh, no, no. So so I, we parted ways, and then Gideon happened. So Jordan Vinroe Jordan runs JSD Supply. And they um, – it's very solid organization, knows what he's doing. He's a go-getter. He's my kind of guy. He's easy to work with. And, uh, and he said, I want to start an optics company because the president has banned by executive order the poly 80s, all the 80% stuff. He just signed, a, signed an executive order and said, you can't do that anymore. And he's like, that's a, a major chunk of my business. I don't want to just throw in the towel and say, well, we're done now. You know This is what they want. Mm-hmm. They they want you to just give up and say, well, I guess I can't sell products now. So he's like, let's do something else that has a decent margin and isn't going to get banned. If only I could find someone that has experience building an optics brand. And there I was looking for a job. I'm like, hey, over here, pick me. Yeah. So here we are again. Now it's now it's uh, it's Gideon, and it's we've got five pistol dots that we've come out with. We've got a one power prism scope that's just about to hit, like early next month, hopefully before Christmas. Right. And by shot show, I hope to have LPVOS to show oh, off. Nice. I just, yeah, yeah I've already been working on some yeah. through Facebook and stuff, but yeah. So I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah. So um, they'll have my reticles in them. So if people hate the reticles, it's on me. <laughs> so uh, I hope I hope not. They're they're a little bit edgy, but they're not super. I didn't reinvent the wheel. You know, it's, it's, reticles are a whole. We could do. We could spend this whole podcast talking about reticles, and no one would listen because they'd all be bored to death. To <laughs> you would actually... I would do it, though. You would... Well, that's what we're... That's, <laughs> that's literally... Well, I don't think we've ever deep-dived. We've
1: deep-dived into ARs mm-hmm. multiple times, whether oh, yeah. it be gas impingement or direct in, or direct impingement <laughs> or gas piston, right? So we've, we've dived into that. We've dived into Taurus and revolvers and everything. We've never... I don't think we've, really don't think we've it, ever dived objects. really hardcore into optics. So, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and I'm I'm more than interested in to go cuz cuz we see like on our end right now our big shift in the last year and a half, two years was like MOA stuff has just stopped moving for us. Really. For 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 most most everything People are wanting a milled reticle of some sort mm-hmm. with no BDC of an, unless, it's, you know, like a milled reticle yeah. and mill adjustments. I mean, that's that's the stuff that we can get that I know is going to turn around and move. Mm-hmm. And I don't know uh, if that is mostly because we have a very informed and advanced knowledge and picky. Can we say yeah. picky? <laughs> Picky is a thing. Picky, picky. Particular. Particular. Particular is a better word than picky. Yeah. Guys, I'm not calling you picky. <laughs> I'm saying you're a connoisseur.
0: Yes. All Stop right. being so picky. <laughs> but we we understand that. Like yeah.
1: that's what we've been ordering and that's what turns around and and, and sells for us. So let's talk optics,
0: man. Yeah. Welcome to the Optics Podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, how how did you trans? So you you got hired by PA, hired by PA, and I was and I was hired to write their user manuals. Hmm. Um, and in fact, when I interviewed for them, I think I got the job because um, <laughs> when I interviewed them, I brought them a user manual that I made for one of the products that I already owned, and was like, if I was going to do the user manual, this is how I would do it and they're like this guy actually brought like work product to the job interview. <laughs> that's and that's, uh, that's, that's good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Like if I was going to do the, reti- the 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 this is what I would do, you know. And then they're like, okay, well we can't do this, and we can't do that. We could do this, you know. And then we met in the middle. So, yeah, so I was doing their their user manuals and um and uh, Dimitri is the guy that came up with ACSS and I had to learn uh, how the reticles – I learned how the reticles work from Dimitri and I'm I'm sorry to say that he he Um, he's mad at me, you know, Dimitri, if you're out there and you see this, uh, bro, like I want us to be friends, you know, (laughs) I just, I miss you, dude. Um, he's a good, he's a good guy. He did all the work to make the ACSS reticle system, um, which he owns, he owns several patents on it. It was his idea. It's a great reticle system. I'm a huge ACSS fan. It's a great reason to buy you know, PAs this is the ACSS stuff, but he feels like moving on and doing radical work like for Gideon, for Swamp Fox and stuff. Like, I'm taking what I learned from him and I'm using it to make a competitor product now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, I can see how you would feel that way. It's no, no hard feelings, but I, I will admit I learned a lot from Demetri on how this stuff really works. And, and, and he really, Instructed me quite a bit. This is this is why the reticle should be set up this way and not. And, and there are other guys out there that I know and that I talk to. Um, uh, Ilya Koshkin, the Dark Lord of Optics, is a friend of mine, and I know Frank Plum who did the Plum reticle. Mm-hmm. Amazing reticle! It's like an F sixteen fighter jet gun funnel, okay. but in your scope, you know, like it's an incredible reticle. Um, the hardest thing about the the Plum reticle is finding a. Uh, a manufacturer who has the ability to actually pull it off Ah. because you have this giant complex reticle with all these tiny little dots and marks in it and stuff. And remember in the actual scope body, it's the size of my thumbnail. Yeah. It's like that big. It's like the size of a dime. And you know, if you can't, if we make 20 of these reticles in the factory and only one of them passes QC and we throw 19 in the trash can, that's a bad sign actually why. How do you of,
2: think you see that? Do you have like a big magnifying yep, glass? That, that's exactly
0: what they do. Yeah, oh. they have collimators and they have they have big. Yeah, you know, they do all the work under under big magnifying glass. And there's different ways to do it. Usually, it's a it's a chemical etch. Chemical etching is really is really cool. So it's like, uh, so we have our lens. So so a reticle. It's called a reticle doublet. Here we go. Here's the deep. There dive. we go. There yeah. we go. There Everybody we go. skipped Artie. this part of the podcast right here. Mark this. So we have what's called a reticle doublet in, let's say, an LPVO, right? So I have a piece of glass and it's flat. It's not curved at all. It doesn't it doesn't change the properties of the light. The light passes straight through it. The only purpose it has is to house the reticle. So it's flat piece of glass, and we put. <laughs> so we have a let's call it a piece of duct tape. We have a piece of duct tape, and we cut a shape in the duct tape. You can cut it with a laser. You can cut it physically, but you cut basically a stencil and you put the piece of duct tape on the glass and then you swab it with acid and the acid eats into everywhere where the cut was made. So now I have a piece of glass with acid etched into it in very precise places. Right. Then I take a bunch of black paint and I swab it over my duct tape. Mm. It sinks into where the acid is. I peeled the duct tape off, and oh, wow. I have a reticle. If I have an illuminated reticle, I don't use black paint. I use silver paint, or I work on a different color of paint that reflects the color of my illumination ah. better. So we have now we have a little LED light, like you'd see in a red dot, that's hiding in the corner of, of the LPVO, and it's shining light forward on that reticle. And it hits that silver and it reflects back It scatters that light back towards my eyes. Voila, red or green illumination, depending on what color your LED is. But it's called the doublet because, obviously, <laughs> once you have this reticle done, you want to protect it. It has to be absolutely clean because um, that's going to be in focus. With your little fast focus ocular, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's any specks, if there's any grease, dirt, a hair, yeah. you're going to see that, right? It's going to fail QC. Oh, there's a hair in this one. You know, goes in the trash can, right? So it has to be absolutely clean. So what they do is, while it's still in the clean room and absolutely perfect, they put another piece of glass on top of it, sandwich it, and then they glue all around the outside of that, epoxy mm-hmm. it. So it's it's a doublet. It's two pieces of glass. With the reticle, with the etched, yeah, with reticle. etched reticle in the middle okay. of it, and the whole thing is like, I mean, it's it's like a, a nickel. I mean, it's so tiny, guys.
2: And is that uh, like, do they actually move that? So, like, when you make your adjustments for windage or elevation, right. do they just like move that entire piece of glass? Or? That's exactly right.
0: Huh. Yeah. So, so you have an erector assembly, which That's is a tube inside a tube, and um. So so you see big pieces of glass on the outside of the scope. The part uh, that the light is actually going through on the inside, is, it's smaller than that. And we have, we have a tube. I wish, now I wish I had an LPVO. I should have brought one with me. So we have a windage and elevation turret here, right? And you have, in most LPVOs now, so we've got elevation on top, windage on the side. And down in the corner, you have this strange little button that, that's been installed with some kind of a weird proprietary tool and I'll even try to put in the user manual. Don't pull Don't that thing this. out. <laughs> Don't leave it, leave it alone. Cause people will be like, what's that do? You know, and they think, Oh, that's where the battery is or whatever, you know, like, like they'll try to mess with that. That little button piece there is holding in a very powerful spring mm. and the spring tensions, the erector assembly on the inside of the scope. So when you, when you do your adjustments, you're basically screwing in, think of it as a screw in and out. As I, as I, poke my top screw down i push the erector down and it pushes m- my reticle doublet down which means i then in order to get a sight picture have to bring my rifle up and my sight and the bullet, my, goes, and up. The yeah. ma- bullet goes up right it's that simple it's just it and it's one of those things where it's like a it's like a fighter jet like you know in in principle it's easy. You've got a guy with a control stick sitting in a cockpit and you got an engine that sucks air in one end and blows it out the other and you got some bombs hanging off the wings and how hard could it be? And then like you actually look into what it takes to make it and it's frankly incredible that like a Strike Eagle 1 to 6 is is a $300 item. I mean it's nuts yeah. that they're that they're that cheap because the the amount of work that it takes to make these things and and make them consistent and make them work every time, it's it's insane. Um, it's 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 kind of like I say about the food industry. Everybody, everybody asks why is food so expensive. The harder question that we don't really want to ask is, what exactly are they doing to keep cheap food so cheap? Yeah, like what is in those Costco one dollar hot dogs at this stage? Yeah, you know, <laughs> delicious. They're probably losing money on the one
1: dollar hot dogs yeah. at this point. Yeah, along with the chicken. That's so cool that that is. You know, you've all, I've always heard the term etch reticle. Yeah. I never thought about like how, how it they was, actually did it. How that. it was. What's etched, doing the etching? What's yeah. doing yeah. the etching and like the silver or the reflectiveness of that? To like I never thought about the illuminated reticle no, part of it. No, and like is one to six, is that
0: reticle the, re- the same way? The, the red the, dot,
1: the, the razor. Yeah, the ra- the razor. Ooh, the Razor.
0: Mm. He's still my beating heart. Um, I love the Razor 1 to 10. If you're shopping for me for Christmas, I'm a size Razor 1 to 10.
1: And they're in uh, stock right now at BTO.
0: All it takes is money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stop being poor. Uh, we need to have the stop being poor conversation too because that then you'll really learn about who I am. Um, that is called diffractive reticle illumination. Is, so there's really three types. There is... What uh, what Gideon will be using, um, which is which is uh, an etched reticle illumination. That's what I'm familiar with from Swamp Fox. It's what you mostly see from from Primary Arms. Um, it is it is affordable. It is effective. Um, it's repeatable, um, and it's what I would call daylight visible. Right, so I can see that it's the reticle's red instead of you know instead of black. I can I can tell. In daylight, but it's not what we would call daylight bright, right? right? Yeah. Then you have what I call the light pipe, which is a fiber optic reticle illumination, which is like your Steiner PX4 eyes mm. and your Trichicon ACOG. Um, ACOG is a great example. So you basically have a, a fiber optic that's running up the right side of the ACOG, right? And it gets piped into the middle of the scope. And there's a little, there's a little fiber optic like you would have fiber optic uh, internet. Same thing. It's a light pipe and it's pointed right at your eye. So it's a little bit brighter, but you only, you can't illuminate like a whole reticle with all the little stadias and the BDC and all that stuff. All you get is one little, like one MOA red (laughs) dot in the middle because it's literally the diameter of that fiber optic and it, but it's pointed right at your eye instead of reflecting off of an LED. So it's a little bit brighter, a little bit harder to pull off, a little bit more expensive but it's a little bit brighter, and you'll you'll notice sometimes uh, like an LPVOs like the Steiner uh, is a good example. Um, the loophole fire dot is yep. a good example. They'll have like a big thick stadia coming up from the bottom, like a German Plex number no. four. You know the you know, the old school. It's like a big a big tall stadia coming from the bottom. It's to hide that fiber optic. Okay. You have the dot sitting on top. It's so you can't see the fiber optic that's hiding behind the red. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, and then every, every once in a while you'll see pictures on the internet. Some i going oh. like, Hey, I dropped my scope in my, and my, my illuminations, all cattywampus and you'll see it will have, it'll have moved. Ah. It'll be off to the right or something. And you'll just see a little bit of that, that fiber optic in there. So that's the second one. And then diffractive is like the nuclear bright. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. But it's in a $2,000 scope. Yeah. Uh, Night force attacker has diffractive. The razors have diffractive. It is the best, but um, I probably. Eh, you know what? Nobody said I couldn't say this. I'm not. A, I'm not under NDA on this. <laughs> it's only made in Switzerland. Hmm. It's only made in Switzerland by a Swiss company, and I was I was trying to get them to put that illumination in the swamp fox warhorse which was our first focal plane one to ten we were working on they actually just came out with it in a one to six so swamp fox has a one as a first focal plane one to six i haven't got to look through one yet but i've got my fingers crossed they did a good job with it I, i did some work on on that project and i wanted that diffractive reticle illumination so bad everybody wants that that daylight bright right yeah and it died on the vine it didn't happen and I never got a straight answer to why, but I think that's where politics comes in, where these are China-made scopes, mm. not made in Taiwan, made in the People's Republic of China by really good people, I will I will add. That's another thing I can rant to you about. Um, but I think the Swiss took a look at their expensive diffractive reticle illumination and looked at what it would take to get it sent to China in bulk and were like, yeah, we can't. Like They're not going to let us do that, yeah. yeah. you know, because, like, we have ITAR, but we're not the only country that restricts, you know, import and exportation of firearms technology. They just – I don't think they wanted that tech getting in the hands of, of the PRC, and so yeah. it, never, it never happened. I was like, well, I tried, you know. Yeah. But those reticles by themselves, the diffractive reticles – talk about it's in a $2,000 scope. If you buy them in bulk, like a lot of them at once, <laughs> then they cost about as much as a Strike Eagle. For the reticle by itself. Wow. Yeah. So if you're looking for a $300 Daylight Bright uh, diffractive reticle LPVO, keep dreaming.
2: How does that reticle yeah. – how, how does diffractive
0: work? Man, I don't even – i they, I've, <laughs> I've got a brochure that I got. I've talked to them at SHOT Show. And it's um, – the, the, the diffractive is um, – it's crazy. It, it is a lot of glass, and it's actually um, – Like a laminate inside the glass. And the glass is like, there's pieces of glass that are focusing the light. Uh, it's way over my head. I'm not an optical. And there's a tiny little there's a gnome. Line. Yeah. There's a tiny little gnome in there and we sent him to Chernobyl and now he glows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They explained it to me and I was like, whoa, I can see why that's so expensive. Yeah. Like it's, it's really amazing tech, but it's, it's next gen stuff. It's like the F 35, you know, stealth fighter of, of LPVO illumination. It's amazing, but you will you will have to pay. Oh yeah, it's
1: pricey. Yeah, You'll have to it's pay. it's pricey. And you gotta be really wanting that specific daylight brightness. Like I've got a, a Eotech one to ten on my my little FCD build, and I was, I was a couple weekends ago I was out hunting, and I did not turn on the reticle until it started to get a little bit dark outside. And That's why. Like, okay,
0: do do do. All right, perfect. In daytime, I just run them in black. and anyway. black. So uh, I'm not super pick. Pay- and like <laughs> you know, I, I say I can't really be that much of a snob on this because you can you can put you know a five thousand dollar amazing precision optic and you know tangent theta or something like that. You know, one of those boutique put a five thousand dollar twenty five power scope <laughs> in front of me. You know what? The last thing the light's going to hit before it hits my eyes going to go through that $5,000 scope it's going to hit these $200 glasses <laughs> that are all scratched up that are dirty right now and they've got specs on them yeah yeah so I'm, I'm not really sure like how much I need to spend the $5,000 on the because my eyeballs are not not worthy of it you know really <laughs> honestly we need so. to
1: get you some uh we need to get them a uh, what is it? Where are they? Uh, oh, the spuds. spuds yeah. yeah. We'll get you a spuds before you leave. Throw it in your pocket. Little microfiber cloth. A microfiber. One of our best selling products. <laughs> <laughs> Super cheap and it's awesome. I think my girls all have. Oh, yeah. I got like probably 50 you know. <laughs> of them. Yeah. Sounds great. I'm in. Yeah, we'll get you one before you leave here. That yeah. way you run around with it. Maybe you can sneak it in on a Gideon video. Absolutely. And just have it on the table.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I love doing that stuff. I'll be at Shot Show and be like, hey. I've, are you guys going to shot? Oh yeah, yep. yeah. I I like it. I'm. Uh, you get the guys that are in the industry, and they're like, "Oh, I can't believe it's shot show again. I hate it so much." I'm like, "It's a week in Vegas. What's wrong with you?" Yeah, come on. Oh, I look forward you to know? it every year. It's it's a great
2: time. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm looking forward to
0: going. I, I, I going don't, the don't the have to work
2: year. a booth,
1: so like that's yeah. probably a big part of it. But yeah. yeah, so more more into the optics, Dean. Yeah. So we we went into to the, the the magic behind the reticles and LPVOs and stuff. What about red dots? Like, what are we seeing or what are you like? Do we want to talk about how a red dot works?
0: Yeah, that's easy. That's That's easy. I can do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ask me the questions. I'm not afraid. Monty Python reference. Um, Everyone's like, oh my God, he's so old. He's making Monty Python jokes. Um, so yeah, so what's amazing to me is how old Red Dot Tech is. They had the basics of Red Dot Tech in World War One. They did, um, and and uh, the the ultimate Red Dot, I think, the ultimate Red Dot was the gun sight they had in the F eighty six fighter jet in the Korean War. It was a range computing basic radar, and it was basically what you see on like an open emitter red dot today, you had a pane of glass sitting in front of this guy's eyes with a light shining on it and it was coated and the light bounced off of the pane of glass and went to the guys, the pilot's eyes and wherever that little dot was is where six fifty caliber machine guns were going (laughs) to shoot, you know, back before guided missiles were invented. And, uh, the amazing part of it was that there was a ring in the F 86, and the ring would shrink and grow depending on what the. They were, it was bouncing back from the target. And it was basically once the ring was the same width as the wings of the enemy plane, that's when you started to shoot because you they had it all lined up. It was amazing stuff for like being <laughs> developed post World War II in like the late 1940s. They were yeah, working on this yeah. stuff. And, you know, they they had that you know, back when, you know, my granddad wasn't even my age. They were doing that. Um, and then. Like the history of it, I, I also think the the red dot on rifles or on personally owned firearms, like like not in fighter jets and stuff. The red dot was basically born in the 1973 Sante raid because they're yep. raiding the prison camp at Sante. Um, Bull Simon and and all those guys. I mean, amazing. If you guys haven't read about the Sante raid in '73 do it. It's it's incredible. Like The stuff that they did was so gutsy. Like, hey, I'm not sure if we can get inside the camp in time to save all of the prisoners of war. I know. We'll deliberately crash a helicopter in the middle of the compound so we can get inside the compound from the beginning. And then once that helicopter is destroyed, we'll all pull out of it, uh, the helicopter that crashed. We'll raid the camp from the inside and the outside at the same time, and then we'll get in the rest of the helicopters that still work and get out. <laughs> that was the plan that that was the part they did on purpose <laughs> right so and they know they're doing this at night so they're getting ready they're gearing up they're training for it and they're like we got a problem iron sights on machine guns at night suck mm-hmm. it's no good and we're raining we're raiding a camp full of prisoners of war that we're trying to rescue so you can't just rattle off a belt of 100 rounds through a m60 into the into the camp and you know not care They needed accountability for their rounds. So they're running with old school car 15s. And I can't remember who thought of it, but somebody saw the old uh, occluded optic, occluded eye gun sight, OEGs. Uh, They were in a hunting magazine. And it was advertised as like for hunters that couldn't see their sights anymore at dawn and dusk. Here's basically a fiber optic tube that you can strap on top of your shotgun and it'll give you something to aim with. And thought, well, we could try that. So they bought 50 of these or whatever and had them shipped straight to Vietnam from California where the company was based, I think. And they hose clamped them to the top of their car 15s. They made (laughs) mounts and they just took like automotive hose clamp like you put on a radiator hose, clamped them to the top of car 15s. And then they were like, wow, this is great. Now we've gone from like a 20% hit rate at night to like a 70% hit rate at night. We're hitting seven out of every ten shots at fifty yards. This is awesome, <laughs> right? I mean, like the expectations have changed over time, oh, right? Yeah. You know, now we've got night vision and and IR, and you know, if you if you miss at fifty yards, you're a loser. Now they were they were trying to get hits at fifty yards back then, so they basically invented that concept for the Sante raid. You couldn't even see through those old scopes; you had to keep both eyes open, and your brain sort of bends it together and and does the math, and you you have sort of a if you ever get to shoot one, do it. They're really cool. You sort of have a red glowing thing in one of your eyes, field of vision, and you just have to roll with it. It's yeah, not yeah. perfect, right? But it's better than better than following tracers, right. yeah. <laughs> So that was the birth, what I considered to be the birth of the of the red dot on 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 rifles. And then for pistols, pistol dots really came about in competition where guys were taking big old honkin what should have been rifle red dots and they were putting them on like the old school 2011s yep. the STIs and SVIs you know and they would they would put it on a not a reciprocating mount at all but just a mount to clamp to the left side of the yeah. of the frame and they'd have this giant like old school aim point you know m3 on there but it worked and it was faster and, and it was better for like the the desire was there, like the advantages were there. Even oh, yeah. in even in 1990s, it was it was there, and then we just we keep moving forward with miniaturizing it, getting it smaller and smaller, and lighter, and tougher. And every year, there's more, you know, there's more innovation and there's there's new ideas. Now it's now we've kind of come back to the enclosed emitter thing, yep. right? It used to be an enclosed emitter on a pistol was bigger than the pistol. It's a giant, huge thing, right? Yeah. And now people are like, Well, I want an enclosed emitter. Well, okay, but we can we can do that now and have it be pretty much the same size as an RMR. Yeah. That's cool. I mean it looks funky. It looks like a toaster sitting on your gun. They're not the prettiest thing ever, but I think the enclosed emitter is the way of the future. That's Yeah. In another five years they're all gonna be enclosed emitter, I bet so we'll, there's so much we'll easier mark, to it down. We'll yeah, mark it right. down yeah we'll, we'll revisit this podcast i'll put it on the calendar <laughs> yeah check,
1: check <laughs> out mike check right? out see if, was mike right yeah like we'll do a podcast on this in five years we'll put yeah. it on the calendar right now but you know we were i was talking to uh uh one of our buddies that does our internet and stuff here and he was an instructor with me back in the day uh this morning about some of the the hollow sun stuff and he's like we were talking about one of the new hollow suns offering and i was like well you know what the problem is with And he's like, what? I was like, the dude that bought the 509T three years ago and put it on his Glock 19 loves it. And he's happy with it. And just because they've came out with a new one, he's like, I really don't need to upgrade because this thing's doing a fantastic job. And they're coming out with really cool new models. But I have no reason to upgrade if it's still, I pull it out.
0: And it's the red air. dot's on, <laughs> and I
1: change the battery when I need to change the battery, and the red dot's still on, and I'm not having any issues out of it, and so I have no reason to upgrade when it works good. And that, that's that, that's
0: what I call an excuse to get a new gun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it sucks from, well, it, it sucks from a retail point of view because I can't sell the new one because somebody's looking at it like, hey, I'd really like that, but my 509T works. Yeah, freaking awesome! And I haven't bought a new gun yet. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, well, let me sell you the new gun to go. Yeah,
0: yeah there you go. go. Yeah, sell yep. both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I'm not a Glock guy, and I'm saying, like, you know, like I'm, a, Glocks are okay. I shoot them okay. They're fine. They go bang. I, I carry one. You know, it, it hits where I want to hit. But I just don't get passionate about Glocks like some people do. Yeah, and I'm like. We got like eight of these things in the house. <laughs> I don't even like locks that much. wanna That's like they're they're like roaches. They just they just showed up. You know, there's a bunch of them now. All of a sudden, because yeah. you know they're affordable, and there's another one that came out. And I, I got to put a scope on this one, and you know I've got optics on all, almost all of them. Um. So yeah, it's 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 funny how that works. Uh, you always there, man. So yeah, the funny thing about the technology of it is. It's moving so fast. That's the really scary part. And, uh, you know, I think it's no secret that the, the brand name does not matter as much as it used to. It's more like the time. It's more like how recent the product came out. So a Gideon that came out last year holds up really, really well to a loophole from five years ago. It's just the truth. Is our brand name as good as Loophole? Heck no. Everybody knows who Loophole is. Almost nobody knows who Gideon is, right? So, but the 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 Loophole Delta Point Pro. I, I don't I don't want to show, throw shade at Loophole, but it hasn't been updated in a while, right? I'm sure they're working on something. They'll come out with something. It'll be a SHOT Show. It'll be cool. Trigicon recently came out with some really nice stuff. Yeah. If you want to pay more than your Glock cost to put an optic <laughs> on it, please feel free and go ahead. Um, you know, but like the reason why the new Trigicon stuff is totally awesome is not just because it says Trigicon, but because they have packed in new features, taking advantage of everything that we've learned and done. And mm-hmm. the, 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 the iteration of it and the moving forward in the entire industry is really almost terrifying. So that's what a lot of people... Just This is where I thought of this because you're talking about people that are used to their old stuff, you know, and I've seen when I saw this at Swamp Fox before where we had LPVOs, we had precision scopes and guys would have like a $900 loophole and they'd buy our $400 scope and go, well, this is better than my $900 loophole. I'm like, it doesn't mean that loophole sucks. It means that your $900 loophole was $900 in 1988. Right. And it's worked this whole time. Okay. You got your money's worth, bro. It's worked for decades, right? But we've learned more about the science of the shape of the lenses and the coatings and their mathematical relationship to each other. So instead of having a three to nine loophole for eight hundred dollars, I can get you a two to twelve. It's got a three to nine already built into it. It goes from two, <laughs> to three to nine to twelve, right? It's 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 more in both yep. directions, and it costs less and the glass is better.
1: And there's more. And there's. And features there,
0: yeah there's more it's got locking turrets and and you know illumination and all this other stuff it doesn't mean the loophole was a bad deal it was what was available right and and so time marches on right so that's that's sometimes a hard pill for people to swallow they get really invested in uh you know this is what my grandpa had and he gave it to my uncle and now I've got it and you know that's that's uh that's M1A guy you know, like like every guy that I know that loves the m one a loves it for like a sentimental reason and not because it's the best battle rifle. Yeah. <laughs> they never just say it's because it's the best rifle, it's because my uncle had one when he was in their Marine corps, and then he came back and he got the civilian version, and then we he gave it to me we just lost two subscribers, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's objectively a good rifle this is never the the right answer um but yeah, so the, the as time marches on, yeah no matter what brand you go with almost, there are still trashy brands. There's, there's $50 crap on eBay. Um, You're right. You can, you can, you can do that too, but um, I'm a value guy, right? I like to say there are three kinds of buyers. There's the guy who brags about how little he paid. There's the guy who brags about how much he paid. I knew a guy once when I was gunsmithing in Colorado, who bought a scar 17 and kept the receipt in the, in the, Storage of the gun, so he could pull it out and show how much he paid people for it. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Talk about just flopping it out on the table in front of everybody, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look how much I paid for this. I can wipe my butt with $3,000. How about you, pal? (laughs) Right? Um, There's that guy. And then there's me, which is sometimes I pay a little bit. Sometimes I pay a lot. But I want the most value per dollar that I can possibly get when I buy something. That's my core customer. That's the Gideon core customer. And that's who I am, so... It's easy for me to sell that because that's what appeals to me, right? If you're that guy and you want value for your money, we're in a golden age of firearms right now. Oh, my gosh. Buy while you can. Buy red dots. Buy scopes. Buy rifles. Get seven ARs. (laughs) Do it. Um, Because the value right now, what you can get for your money is really extraordinary. You guys know I'm right. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just... In the last three years since, well, almost four years that I've now worked with you, um, the the difference in, I mean, there's so much difference in the optics, yeah. you know, like, oh, what could you, we get, you know, a one to 10, you know, w- Razor one to 10 was, is, I mean, still is a fantastic scope, but I mean that if you, you were going to be paying for it, you're going to be paying yeah. ATACR prices or Razor one to 10 prices if you wanted a good one to ten yeah now there are other options that have just as many if not more features on some of that stuff
2: or look how many SKUs hollison has now like when you started how many how many oh, yeah. how big was the hollison product oh, okay. catalog oh yeah. oh yeah now it's like i mean there's so many different models and like
1: footprints and you know uh Form
2: form factor sizes and everything. You know, it's it's uh, this one.
1: This one has five, and this one has four. This one has one. This one, this one's price different, and this one went on sale because it was looked so much like the other one. Whoopsie. Somebody got a really good deal yesterday. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we they got a whoopsie. Pricing error. Yeah. A yeah. Pric- little pricing error. But they got some good optics, so hopefully. They they yeah, appreciate it. Good optics,
2: it. good deal. Hopefully. <laughs> good deal. Hopefully. Oh, hopefully they
0: come back and they like, buy some you know full price what? Shit. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to buy something at retail from BTO just to- Just, to <laughs> just please come back. Make if a deposit got, in the Karma Bank, <laughs> you know? If you got
1: an MGRS yesterday, <laughs> we'll just come back and buy yeah. something at full price, please. But <laughs> but there's some there's yeah. some killer- Options. There's some killer features. And you know, I go back and you look at our customer service, not a lot of stuff comes back. Does not work We used to have the issue and you can go into tell them probably tell us why it's to it. We'd ship out a hollow sun and they they get it and they'd look at it and be like, Oh, this front the front lens
0: is tilted. (laughs) It's tilted. Ah, No, yeah. <laughs> never heard that one, dude. I wish I, I wish I had my manual for, um, I wish I had my manual for for a Gideon optic in the in the Gideons that are, I wrote the manuals for them. Page in, one, page one. <laughs> it literally says like, wait, my lens is tilted. Like that's that's what I put in there. Wait, my lens is tilted. No, it's supposed to be that way. So um, so you want to know how they make the lenses? I find this is this is fascinating. Okay, this is fascinating. yeah, this
1: is this is what we're here. So, we're out now. On, on yeah.
0: Optics. So they start on a on a on an open emitter red dot they start with a glass ball it's a ball of glass uh you know like you've seen you've seen on you know on the internet on youtube or tiktok or whatever the the glass blowing videos where they blow these 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 perfectly circular glass balls that's what you start with and um and the diameter of the ball um determines the shape uh, or or, the, or the, the the radius or whatever of your of your lens, so it's mm-hmm. slightly different. But but they're all if you if you take any of these lenses and you just continue that curve around, it will eventually become a full circle, right? Oh, wow. And it becomes a, a round ball. So they they start with a round ball and then they basically cut some windows out of it. And each window, they maybe do three or four on the top hemisphere of the ball and three or four at the bottom, and each one of those little cuts becomes a red dot window. <laughs> So out of each glass ball, you got multiple red dot windows, because um, you're cutting sections out of it, and then the rest of it they recycle and they melt it down Smash and it down, do it, yeah. yeah, do it all again, right? Um, so that's where the curve comes from, but that's that is what allows the magic of not needing an eye box or an eye relief. That's the magic of red dots because, like, I've got a stigmatism, so I, I never see just a like a plain 3 MOA dot. I see like a bow tie or a yeah. comet with a little tail or whatever. So I like those 1X prism scopes quite a lot, mm-hmm. so I'm excited we got a new one coming out soon. Um, the the reticle in it is so freaking cool. <laughs> 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 it's no BDC. no. It's a big, bold, and in-your-face. It's a big, honking triangle with a ring around it, and it's just like right in-your-face. It's going to be crazy fast, right? But even the 1X prism, they have an eye box where, you know, I can't look over here and the, and the dot's sort of in the corner and still take a shot and make my hit, right? Um, the red dots can do that because of the shape of those lenses. And we're just basically bouncing a dot of light off of that lens and it reflects back. And that's the magic of it. Wherever I, If I can see that dot, it doesn't have to be in the middle, this happens a lot with teaching pistol shooters, yep. you know, that you see them kind of overconfirm their sights and they're driving the dot to the middle of the window every time. I'm like, you know, you could be a little bit faster. As soon as the dot sweeps over the middle of that A zone that you want to hit, think of it as a paintbrush. Don't wait for it to be a still dot. As soon as that paintbrush swipes over the middle of the target, break your shot. Pop, 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 pop. And then all of a sudden they pick up speed and they're like, wow, I'm still hitting, you know. That's the magic of of, of, of red dots you um, can tell i love this stuff yeah right but yeah that's what that's what makes that possible
1: uh, and on adjustment on that when you're adjusting the zero all right when you're adjusting the,
0: the position of the emitter yeah okay uh, you're moving the emitter around yeah. and you got these tiny tiny little little gnomes in there yeah little gnomes. And, yeah little gnomes right um now i'm going to
1: see mike as a right. gnome in my optic, hey, like.
0: and shameless shameless plug for Gideon. I got I got to get in a shameless plug for my product. Um, a big selling point for us is that we actually have in all of our in all of our optics, we have one MOA per click click adjustments in mm-hmm. like an RMSC size pistol sight where it's on like a like a Smith and Wesson shield or a Sig P365. A tiny tiny little red dot, and we still manage to get in. Clicks instead of just a tension turret where it's marked yeah. and you kind of have to yeah, kind of you kind of, kind of guess them. and you kind of you know like like just it's sort of trial and error you know we actually have a, a one MOA per click in there which for a two hundred and thirty dollar red dot is pretty freaking fantastic yeah. what's, that's another thing that was impossible five years ago nobody had that
1: what's clicking if it's if a detent it's just it's detent. a detent it's a little
0: detent on it's a little detent on a spring in there and it just goes boop 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 it's mushy you know it's not as nice as like a big honking precision turret right yeah. but it's You've got a tiny little screwdriver that you're that you're putting in there. Also, I, I like screwdriver adjustments and I like Torx head fasteners. Get out of here with those Allen heads; they strip out way too yeah, easy. Yeah. And I hate trying to make adjustments with an Allen head wrench, because if I strip that out, if I get to the end of my travel or whatever, and then I strip it out, yeah, now I'm screwed. You know, like now what are you going to do? The thing's all the way to the right or whatever, and you can't bring it back because you, you stripped out your Allen head. So I like. Give me a regular type screwdriver for my adjustments and give me clicks. And then on on my my fasteners, I want a Torx head. I don't want to strip out an Allen and have – and then i got to send it to a gunsmith and have them drill it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we like Torx. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Big Torx fan. Torx is the way – Yep. Definitely the way. So, yeah
2: definitely, really
0: so yeah it's funny how you you it's funny how uh you get into this and you start having weirdo opinions about stuff like, oh, I don't really care about like loopold versus trigicon, I care about Torx versus allen <laughs> <laughs> isn't that weird
1: <laughs> and, and if the gnomes actually make clicking sounds. right yeah gotta right, keep the gnomes got, like, happy click click click, click. click. There he's <laughs> the down stick it, click. There. It's, it's just click <laughs> that's all I want, man, like because I hate it when you're like, was that? Was that was that a click? Was that a move? Did we move? Yeah. Okay, we moved. Did we move that time? No, we moved. Okay, big bold adjustment. Okay, we moved
0: now. Yeah, let's back her up. Yeah, and if you're trying to like, I I zero my pistol dots as far out as I can shoot a group that I can use to base a zero on, right? So like, if that's not a very accurate gun, I might just do ten or fifteen yards, and I'm like, eh, I'm shooting like that. I. Uh, it's going to be good enough. It was like a really, really accurate gun. I'll, I'll zero that sucker out at twenty-five yards if I can. Yeah. But when you get out there, it's so easy to over-adjust. Oh my gosh! If you don't have the clicks, it's so easy to just you turn it a little bit and then you're like, "Whoop!" I'm way off. I'm like, oh, I got to put it back where it was. Like, you have to learn how to do just a smidge. Yep. The clicks make smidges easier. Yeah. Absolutely. We got MOA. We have got MRAD. We've got BDC, and we've got smidge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, I I I love what I do. Um, you let me can tell. Get, let me get on. Let me get on a soapbox here while I've while I've got your your hundreds of viewers, thousands of viewers, <laughs> tens of thousands of viewers, thirty five viewers. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Um, this let me is talk. my mom sitting there. at YouTube just watching. You. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, mom. Um, I, what I'm doing with Gideon and what I did with Swamp Fox. Uh, It's a dream job for me. It cuts right to the very core of who I am. And let let me get serious with you guys for a minute here. If I had one thing that I could say to the whole of YouTube and the whole of the firearms world, this is my message for everybody. Knock it off with the stop being poor stuff. It drives me crazy. We need everybody to buy into the Second Amendment. Second Amendment in this country applies to every one of us because this is why I was a Second Amendment guy even when I was in law school. We did all these law school classes about all of our all of our constitutional rights, all of them. Let me tell you something about constitutional rights. They're great. We're really lucky that we've got them all. You can only exercise them if you're alive. If I'm dead, my freedom of speech doesn't matter a whole lot, does it? I have to stay alive in order to enjoy my constitutional rights and use any of them, right? Which means I'm my own first responder. My wife is her own first responder, right? We have to keep ourselves alive. If you can't be safe out there, be the most dangerous guy in the room. We can't make the world safe. We can't pass another law and magically, it's going to make the world safe. Don't work that way. You have to train and practice and be the most dangerous person in the room. And keep everybody else alive when things go wrong. That, I believe, that's right who I am. And so when people say, if you can't afford a $3,000 rifle and a $2,000 scope and a $250 mount, if you can't afford you know, a top-of-the-line Sig Legion, you know, with a Trijicon $700 optic on top, we'll just go back home and keep a baseball bat under your bed practice throwing some ninja stars at the bad guys, right? That makes me mad. You've denied that person their right to live by being a snob. Every blue collar guy who's working for the weekend and has a couple of kids that he's trying to figure out how he's going to pay for their college, right? And all he wants to do is, is go to a local match and poke holes in cardboard or ring steel, right? And all he can afford is a Taurus G3 with a $200 Gideon optic on it. You know what? I, I am that guy's company. I'm that guy's advocate. Go out and train with that Taurus. Go learn your gun. Take classes. Spend your money on doing that. A guy, a guy with a budget gun, a guy with a, a, a basic Glock 19 and a Chinese-made Red Dot who has taken classes and who carries every day And it's part of his lifestyle And he understands the weight of the decision he's made I'll take that guy in a fight Any day Over guys with a bunch of stuff in their closet That they never practice with And they just put in, put pictures on Instagram yeah. I day. know which guy I'm choosing Right And the other thing is Is that if we can attract More and more Americans Of different socioeconomic status Different races Religions, creeds my wife and I in Houston, we teach a lot of minorities. We teach a lot of African-Americans how to shoot. You know why? Because they know what it's like to call the cops and have them not show up. Maybe they'll send a guy in 45 minutes to fill out a form. Those people know what it's like to have to defend themselves, right? They're Americans, and they deserve a Second Amendment. So if I can be part of that by by designing, building, building, seeing as best I can, marketing and being part of a of a company that that can give them a product that works, it's the best job ever for me. That's right who I am, because they're gonna vote pro gun. They're not gonna vote for the politician that's a gun grabber and says, Oh, you don't need you don't need a fifteen round magazine. They're not gonna vote for that guy. And that means the Second Amendment continues on for our kids and our grandkids. Because if we do this stop being poor thing and only the rich people can play, it becomes a rich guy's game. Then it's like the guys who are shooting skeet and trap, you know, the clays and the membership is $2,000 a month. And there's only a few of them. It's yeah. not that many. And it's not enough to get a majority vote and keep the politicians, you know, out of our, out of our gun safes. So to me, working for Gideon and selling $230 – Chinese-made red dots, to me, I'm saving the Second Amendment. And I'll tell that straight to your face. I believe that stuff Um, because I'm giving everyone an opportunity to partake in our lifestyle and to understand what rights they have as an American that almost nobody else in the world has. Almost nobody else has the ability to defend themselves. I just put on Facebook yesterday a documentary about people in Taiwan that are training their preppers in Taiwan that are training for the Chinese invasion Mm -hmm. with airsoft. It's, they still have no second minimum in Taiwan. They can't own a 22 rim fire pistol in Taiwan. And the Chinese are breathing down their necks. Like, yeah. guys, wake up. So they're out there with clones of their, of their service rifle shooting airsoft in basements and stuff. And it's like this whole cultural movement because, well, when the time comes, there'll probably be some ARs lying around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, imagine that. Imagine that's their reality, guys. Yeah. yeah. That's the reality they're in right now. So we have it good. We got to protect it.
1: Yeah. I, and I'll, you know, from a, from a, not to get not to get into my socioeconomic, <laughs> governmental <laughs> viewpoint, everything here. Um, I think we'd find some much. things to agree on. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely <laughs> do. It, you, you shouldn't be discouraging somebody who's getting in it. Oh, you know yeah. you shouldn't, because we all started somewhere. Oh,
0: dude! If if you knew the stuff like, I started with,
1: oh, when like, I, oh my God! Like I can remember, I can. I'm, I'm going. This is Chris Greenfield telling on himself here. I can remember looking, and this is 2003, 2004. Oh, you're a baby. Frame. You're a baby. This is looking at like. A Ruger. I was like, oh yeah, Rugers, they make great pistols. And like, a, I forget what it was, but it was an obnoxious <laughs> 45, ginormous. I was like, I, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to get. Yeah. That's that's my first pistol. And I didn't. I ended up going in a different route. I didn't get a pistol. And then my first pistol I ever bought was a pretty good pretty good pistol i believe was a, a pretty good choice mp45 with a thumb safety oh you're a because baby i did not <laughs> i am i didn't i got into pistols way way late because I, I was like i need to i need a thumb safe i absolutely have to have a thumb safe for oh, my yeah. pistol. Uh, that glocks are dangerous and i was shooting Do you ever shoot at the big piney yeah, Sportsman's Club. Yeah, all right. Funny. So I was shooting at like a random, not a, a USPSA match whatsoever. Yeah. It was the 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 clubs match only yeah. USPSA a item wow, there wow match. was yeah. the targets. Yeah. That was the only USPSA. <laughs> and I went through and I shot it with my non-dotted M and P and everything. And there's a dude sitting there that was a little bit. He was switched on. He's like Chris, you should really try shooting that match. Try shooting that with my Glock 19. Try here's that. I went through, my time was better, my hits were better, everything was better. I was like, I guess I'm buying the Glock 19. And that's that's where my journey was. But, like, <laughs> I wasn't – nobody discouraged me from buying that Ruger. Yeah. And I could have started there. Mm-hmm. And if you discourage somebody when they're trying to start – I mean, like, recommend stuff, show them some different options, but don't discourage somebody – Unless they're going to make a totally unsafe yeah. decision, you know, like.
0: One of the things that I learned this year taking instructor classes actually is don't don't discourage people when you're teaching, when you're, when oh, you're yeah. shooting. My wife's better at this than I am. Um, but, but if I say, if I say, stop jerking the trigger, what's the last thing you heard? Jerking sure. the trigger. Yeah. What are you probably going to do? Jerk the trigger. So instead of saying, stop jerking the trigger, I didn't tell you what to do. I told you what to not do. Yeah. Instead, I'll say, hat tip to Tim Chandler and Ashton Ray on this 360 performance, row your oar. It's like rowing an oar, smooth. All right? I'm shooting slow. I'm rowing my oar smoothly. When I decide to shoot fast, do I slap the oar against the water? Does that help? No. I do the exact same thing. I just do it faster. Yep. All right? Row your oar. Row it the same way every time. So now i didn't tell you not to do something i don't want you to do i told you how to do something i want you to do and then people ding light bulb goes on yeah yeah right? yeah right little little stuff yeah. like that just being positive in how you address students now if i could only be positive myself uh, yeah that's golly gee yeah.
1: I, I used to lay out on the gun counter uh you probably did the same thing when you were working the gun counter in spring mm-hmm. you know like we I, the rental counter we'd have somebody come up and I'd be like, all right, here you go. And I would lay, like, five choices oh, yeah. on the counter that were all solid. And they're like, well, what's the, why is that one still down there? I was like, well, let's not talk about that one. Let's talk about these five <laughs> it's like, And And I would have a price range, you know. But they were all really good pistols for self-defense or yeah. something. Or, you know, the, the female would come in there and look at the pistol. And they're like, well, you know, so-and-so told me to get a revolver. Well the revolvers still in the cabinet. Here is yeah. a really good selection of I'm not trying to make a sale whatsoever. I just want you to go out and I want you to pick two or three or you know what? You can take all five back. Rent them, shoot them and figure out which one you like. Figure out which one works for you. Yeah. Figure With- out which one you can actually shoot.
0: Yeah. But but my favorite YouTuber said this is the one the Navy SEALs use. Okay. Yeah. We'll sell you that one, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> come, come back and get that one
1: later. But it's – I don't think we should be discouraging people to get – get if this is – if they're entering it, allow them to enter it. Yeah. And remember remember the right was, direction.
0: There was a time when you knew less about shooting oh, yeah. than they do now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And some of us had to go through years of doing things the wrong way and then – And then realize, oh, you know, crap. (laughs) I still, I was, I was showing a guy uh, a presentation the other night. I made a little video with my cell phone in my, in my grunt room. He's a, he's a retired cop. He's getting the dot life. Great guy. And he's like, uh, you know, I just, the usual can't find the dot thing. Right. And so I showed him some some dry fire reps. This is what my draw looks like. This is why I do it this way. You know, we're having the whole conversation again with being this startup thing. It never ends. Right. I mean, we're, this is nighttime. It's post dinner time. And I'm working on gun stuff in the gun room with it, with And he's a friend, you know, but I would do it for, do it for anybody. Um, And, <laughs> and I noticed a bad habit. I, I, I dip my head down. I still do it. I oh, was yeah. that sort of tactical turtle for years oh, yeah. and years, you know, and sure enough, I've, you know, I'm I'm I had my part time set to 1.26 on a draw from open strong side right, and I'm beating a 1.26 because that was his record. Oh, I know I'd never be as fast as my old record when I was a cop. I did a 1.26 once. Oh, let's let's see if I can beat that. You know, and find the dot right. So I'm a 1.26 and I'm and I'm doing it, but I can see my head just going. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> Kids at home, bring the gun to where your eye already is. Don't bring. Don't throw the gun out here and then try to find it with your head. It's oh, too yeah. many variables. You're moving too much stuff around. May, be a marionette. Have your head completely still. Still your head. Bring the gun to where your eye already is. Yeah. That's one of the tricks. Yeah. One of the secrets. And I still don't do it. I, I can tell you. Do I do it? Mostly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I'll, <laughs> I think I probably told you before when i was shooting. Hey, if I start turtling, tell me. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> you know? I mean, it's it's practiced it so much up until this point. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you guys a funny story. This is this this is a husband and wife Houston story. Houston people will understand this. So <laughs> We're at Walgreens and there's like a tweaker in there making a mess of things. Just throwing a fit, berating this poor like Pakistani girl behind the counter who doesn't know any doesn't know how to deal with this at all. Guy's completely out of control. Right, he's throwing stuff everywhere. He's making a mess out of the displays. Oh, wow. My wife thinks he had probably stolen something and stuffed something down his pants and was doing it so he wouldn't mind when he left. Yeah, and and he could get away with stealing something because we were just happy to have him out of the store. That's what she thinks. I think the guy was just high as a kite. Right, so he makes his mess and he curses out everybody and uh, makes all these threats and stuff, and then he, then he leaves. And my wife grabs me by the elbow and goes, we're going to the car right now, mister. You are way out of control. And I'm like, what? I didn't say anything. I was standing there. What? She's like, you were smiling. <laughs> I saw where you put your feet. And then you did this. I turned my chin because I'm cross-eyed dominant. And I used to, the last thing I did before I draw." was turn my chin to the right so I could look through my left eye and bring the gun up. That so she could funny. tell. I didn't say a word, but she knew I was getting ready to draw on this guy. <laughs> She's like, we're going to the car right now. You, you were just waiting for the beep? <laughs> yeah, I yep. was waiting wait for the yeah. beep. Let this guy pull out a knife or a gun or yeah. something, you know?
1: Um, speaking, <laughs> speaking of convenience store, did anybody see the uh, the lighter fluid guy? Did you see that no. short? You see that short? Uh, I don't know where it was. cop go, gets called to a 7-Eleven and a dude's like spraying lighter fluid and setting stuff on fire. Some old almost looking dude is setting stuff on fire. And it's like it starts and the cop's like putting out the fire with a fire extinguisher. Oh, and man. he starts yelling at the dude who's doing it. And the dude takes off and he puts out another fire and takes off after the guy. And there's somebody holding the door open. He runs out after the guy and the guy shoots lighter okay. fluid on the cop. Right. So a cop runs back yeah. to his car. And he's yelling at another car that's responding, pulling up. He's like, Hey, hey, that guy's covered in lighter fluid. Don't tase him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't tase him. <laughs> yeah. Don't tase him. Cop the the dude turns to the cop car and starts spraying lighter fluid on the cop car. Cop car just goes, Womp. I'm like, yep, that's effective. No sparks there. Ouch. Uh, yeah, it was a good it was a good short. It was a good short. Worst
0: Joker cosplay ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what do you got coming up, Mike?
0: Yeah, so what I've got coming up is um, we have a 1X prism scope that I was getting excited about earlier. Big honking triangle in it, circle around the triangle, real easy to find, Um, really nice glass in them. I have a prototype on my Hellion right now, like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, that's a great combination. Um, But the reticle's I don't have I don't have my reticle yet, so I'm really looking forward to getting my reticle for the first time. That oh. should happen in like a couple of weeks. Nice, and then I I think I can say this. Um, I know I can say this because it's up to me. Um, <laughs> by shot show, we'll have two one to eights and a one to ten. One of the one to eights is in second focal plane. And one of them is in first focal plane. The only difference between second focal plane and first focal plane is the location of that reticle doublet circling around to what we talked about before. In a first focal plane, the reticle doublet is moved to the front of the optic. So um, all of the magnification happens after the light passes through it. So you're basically zooming With the reticle, you're zooming in and out on the reticle, which is why in first focal plane, that's the one where it looks like the reticle is glued to the target. And Mm -hmm. no matter what your magnification is, it's the same size relative to the target. That's because you're zooming, you're changing magnifications while looking through the reticle. Second focal plane, the reticle doublet is moved behind the magnification assembly. So it's the same size at all times. So I change my magnification, but... The reticle seems to be glued to the inside of the scope. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change it doesn't change its size relative to my field of view, no matter what the magnification is. Both of them have their advantages and disadvantages. We're making both. Um, and then the last one is a one to ten, which will be a big chunkus. It's a thirty four millimeter tube with a twenty eight millimeter objective lens. The problem with one to tens, it's a jack of all trade and a master of none. Yep. Even even a $2,000 razor has this issue of at 10x, they get really hard to look through. Yep. Mm-hmm. The exit pupil gets too small. and the exit pupil is the, the diameter of the shaft of light that's coming out the back of, of the optic. And at 10 power with a 24-millimeter objective lens, it's like I know these things, you have like a 2.3 to 2.7-millimeter exit pupil, which means my eye... Right now, my pupil in here is probably maybe four millimeters wide. If we were to take a pair of calipers and just hold it up to my eye, yeah. I'm seeing through about four millimeters, right? I have to line that up with 2.3 or 2.7 millimeters of light coming out the back of the optic in order to get a proper sight picture. Mm-hmm. That ain't so easy when I'm working a VTAC wall and I'm on my side, flopped over in the dirt, you know, yeah. right? The, the the 1 to 10s are hard to look at at types of magnification. Yep. So, how we can fix that a little bit is um, a little bit is by making some of the lenses bigger, yeah. but the basic math is the same, and a lot of people don't understand that that a razor or an attacker one to ten has the same problem as a swamp fox arrowhead one to ten. They're both one to tens, and they share some of those some of those same issues. Yep. So you can't you can't spend your way out of math. <laughs> uh, I wish you could, right? That's uh, yeah, I wish you could spend your way out of math, but you can't. So, But we're doing 1 to 10. It's going to be – it'll be big and heavy, um, but it'll be a, like a great DMR optic. It's not going to be for the lightweight guys, um, but it's going to be – it'll be affordable. It's a super cool reticle in it. Um, I think it's super cool because I, I developed it. Um, it'll be basically like a circle dot with a – there's a BDC in the middle. It's kind of like your voodoo where there's a ring around it, yeah, right? So it draws your eye to the middle, and if you're at 1x, you can just go plate, 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 and you're putting like a ring on a ring, or you can put a ring on whatever shape that you're trying to shoot at. But you can kind of center it in that ring and go fast, right? And then once you get to 10 power, you've zoomed past it, so it's no longer clouding your field of view. You actually – it grows and grows and grows until it's gone. And then we'll have a couple of little stadias coming in from the side that are sort of references. Anyway – be better just to show you a picture of it, but I'm super excited. So, by shot show, cool. we should have that. And then it, Gideon will. We started with pistol dots because um, they're really hot right now. Mm-hmm. There's a great market for them. It's a crowded market, but they're also an affordable way to start out. Like, if you only have a certain amount of money that you want to spend on your first batch of optics, spending it on $200. I could either spend on a $200 red dot. Or I could spend it on like a $600 LPVO. Well, I can buy three of these to sell for the cost of one of those to sell. Yeah. Right? So that's the business side of it is is how can I start revenue? How can I get the brand name out there? How can I have something that's affordable to give to influencers? I can give three YouTube guys a, a $200 optic for the price of one LPVO yeah. going to a YouTube guy. Right? And th- those sort of things – Um, you know, those are considerations you have to consider too. So we started out with pistol dots. It's been really strong. I'm really happy with what we've done. I'm really happy with the return rate so far, knock on wood. Um, I know what the return rates are like in, in the industry. It's really interesting. Most of the return rates are really similar. In other words, if you're, you send out a hundred of these things, you're going to get two or three of them back pretty much no matter what. And aimpoint also gets two or three back out of yeah. every one hundred. So does Gideon. So does so does PA. We get two or three back out of every one hundred. If you're starting to get five or six back out of every one hundred that you send out, that's when you raise the red flag and go, "Hey, we got a problem." Mm-hmm. So it's really the, the 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 difference between an acceptable return rate and an unacceptable return rate is really really small. That doesn't mean that. We're just as good, just as good as Aimpoint. If they get a return rate of two percent and we get a return rate of two percent, are we just as good? No, because Aimpoint guys are doing Aimpoint stuff. They're treating their optics harder. They're jumping out of airplanes with them, and and they're doing uh, tactical games where it's like you know CrossFit with guns, and and yeah. they're they're harder on their their equipment, so they will break stuff more. The typical Gideon customer is not jumping out of airplanes and and swimming through salt water and doing all of that stuff. So it doesn't mean just because of the return rates the same, it's not the whole story. So it's it's really interesting how the math can lie to you too. Like yeah, don't yeah. don't take those. You know, Mark Twain says there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. You know, you can take those statistics and make yourself sound really good if you want to, but it's not it's not ever the whole truth.
1: Yeah. yeah. So so where can our viewers find you?
0: Uh, you can find Gideon Optics at GideonOptics.com. Wow, that sure. was easy. <laughs> um, uh, Aim Surplus is carrying them. Optics Planet is carrying them. We have a few others um, that are that are starting to carry it. Um, you can you can buy them straight off the Gideon Optics website. Nice. Um, and we'll have the other stuff. The new stuff is going to be coming out there. I'm really proud of them. They're they're a quality product for for a lot less. It's it's that high value. You know, it's not a Ferrari. Uh, we we sort of say internally in the company that you know we're we're a Toyota Camry, you know. There's like a lot not, of those on the road. It doesn't man. have spinning rims. Yeah, it doesn't have <laughs> spinning rims, and, it, and you know it doesn't have a supercharger. Uh, you got to pay extra for all that stuff, but it will go 200,000 miles if you change the oil. Right, it does. It does what you need it to do. It does DOT stuff,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. So, uh, and it's got a no BS warranty. There's only a handful of us in the company so far. We're in startup mode. So you if you have a problem and you contact support at Gideon Optics, you're going to talk to one of us guys. It's going to be a real American guy that, that is a shooter and uses the product. That's another rant I have. I wouldn't buy a Porsche from a guy that takes the subway to work. you got to be a user of your product, yeah. right? I spend a lot of time at the range testing out stuff and taking classes and learning and trying to get better, you know, so that I know – I'm not a I'm not a competition winner, but I know what competition guys want. Mm-hmm. I know what they need. I do it. I, I'm I do it enough to know what what that requires. You know, I'm not a not a Navy Seal, but I've I've talked to some guys who are who once were legitimate door kickers. I know what they need and what they're looking for. I can talk to those guys and learn from them. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be one. Um, but what I am is a redneck. I'm just that blue collar <laughs> guy at heart. I'm just. You know we say at shot show there there are shooters who are trying to learn about the business, and then there are businessmen who are trying to learn about shooting, yeah, that's shot show. I'm definitely the shooter who just worked his butt off and refused to say no until he eventually found some guys that would listen to him but I'm a shooter first, the business stuff is the is the hard part for me, yeah, for real, you know. And there are business guys out there that know all about the business, and they know about inventory and turns and percentages and financing and all that. And then they're like, so what's the difference between a red dot and a prism scope? Yeah. You know? And that's okay. Like, sometimes it takes it takes both of those. But I will say the Gideon guys, were all shooters. All that's of them are shooters. Fantastic, dude. Fantastic.
1: Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming down. You're Just coming up. Your site with your, you and uh, Tess where where can people find that if you're local yeah it's just
0: getting started but yeah
1: i follow y'all y'all are doing some amazing stuff with that dude seriously for for going out like one of the things i've always wanted to do is go go do range master yeah i never never had the chance
0: but good on y'all for going out the hardest thing about range master is explaining range master to people because tom (laughs) Tom gibbons should be tom gibbons should be world famous and 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 he through his own modesty he isn't but he isn't yeah we, we we finished range master and we went out to eat at the local uh the local Mexican restaurant place, and and Tom sat with his with his Tom sat facing the door, and I sat you know with my back to the door, and my wife sat with her back to the door, and we said, "We're good," because in his early seventies, Tom is still clearly the most dangerous man in the room, right. and 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 he has, his decision making and his ability to execute, and he has all those intangibles. He has those real skills where it doesn't matter if he's running a a two hundred dollar red dot or a seven hundred dollar red dot or iron sights. He is so far ahead. He has the skill set where if something went wrong, he would be putting three rounds in the chest of a lethal threat while I'm still going, Sir, you can't do that in here. <laughs> right? That's the truth.
1: That's awesome, well, man. Yeah,
0: Rangemaster is awesome. Yeah.
1: Congratulations on all your hard hard work, uh, paying off, and where you're headed.
0: Hey, I had fun, guys. And BTO is has been a friend of mine. I'm a customer. I've bought so much stuff from you guys. I'm, after we do this, I'm going to go into the showroom and see if there's any guns that I can't live without. <laughs> so and I love the range. So you guys are doing a fantastic job. It's really been neat to Thank see you, how Lord. you've grown too. Thank you, man. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Thanks for coming up. And if you've listened to our friend Michael here, Mike talk about optics for the last hour and change. We appreciate it. Cuz yeah. I definitely learned some stuff oh, about very very insightful. about gnomes. And now like I was like, man, I wish I would have asked more questions on this, but we're out of time. So like subscribe, check out Gideon Optics. Uh, we are currently day two of our Black Friday sales, and this is dropping on Black Friday. So Ooh. happy Thanksgiving. Hope, yeah. Hope you all had a good... Once you get done eating turkey, yeah. Yeah. Do some shopping because we've got the deals. New deals are dropping every day until the 30th on BigTexAordnance.com and BTOgear.com as well.
0: Now is the time to buy. used the good old days, right? Yeah. Now, yep. boys. Right, right yeah. here. If it's
1: in stock... Yeah, being you know what changes, <laughs> you know what happens next year, and we actually mm-hmm. don't also know what happens next year, so Thank there's you. no telling. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving from the crew. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Happy or, a listening. or, or both or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once again, Ian is gone. He went to revolver roundup, so oh. uh, I didn't ask him for a sign off. I'll just say happy Thanksgiving and thanks for being part of the Big Tech's Ordnance family.